Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Balcones. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, mine and Andy's personal favorite aspect of the show, the tastings. As I alluded to earlier, with me as always is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how are you doing on this fine Saturday afternoon? You know, can't complain. Um, You better not. I mean, the only thing I have to complain about is the house market right now of course just, just heard back in another home offer that i put in uh didn't get it uh, it's a just, struggle it's, sometimes <laughs> it, it, i mean it's just it, it's a struggle bus but it's a good struggle bus yes yeah. it's all part of the process unfortunately yeah. well yeah. you know sarah and i we really struggled for a while trying to find the house we wanted and we re- we got one we really love um yeah. just on, an insane housing market here in cincinnati right now just in general too yeah, yeah, it's it's tough everywhere, but yeah, Cincinnati especially. But uh, it, it is an exciting time, especially today. We are doing a Texas whiskey, so we first one. Ju- we just started branching out. We just moved away from Kentucky whiskeys, uh, and we started last week with uh, Remus, kind of an Ohio, Indiana, uh, tri Cincinnati tri state area whiskey, if you will. And now we're doing our first Texas brand, and we're going to start doing, I think, them by uh, region, uh, by region to, or state, something like yeah, that. Yeah, by st- region, state. Yeah, we're to, trying to break it up to a bit. an extent. Uh, you know, we're going to we'll do with what we can, with, you know, what we can get our hands on and things like that uh, yeah. we will come back to some but uh, we're going to do a bunch of texas a bunch of new york a bunch of colorado things like that yeah. but this is really our first texas one and i'm especially excited about it because not only is it texas and i love texas and you know uh, freedom and america you know t- typical yeah. texas stuff but today is also the day of the final four andy and it's very yeah. exciting for me because we're looking at te- Balcones, a Texas whiskey distillery Waco that is just down the road from Baylor. And not yeah. only he was is, in the final four, right? Exactly. Not only is Baylor playing today, but they're playing Houston, another Texas team. Yeah. It's a big day for Texas basketball and whiskey alike. Oh yeah, very huge for them. I mean, congrats to the winner. Kind of hope with our episode that. Uh, uh, Baylor forgot the name there almost, <laughs> even though he just said it. Uh, Baylor wins just for pure coincidence with when we're recording our episode. But, um, yeah, it know, is congrats to both teams between Baylor's campus and Balcones Distillery. It is 1.3 miles, it's a six Sweet minute, Jesus. it's a six minute drive. <laughs> so, we're talking funny. just down the road here. Uh, so you do have to cross the bridge and the river, I believe, to get to the... Uh, actually, maybe that's the football stadium. Not sure where the basketball stadium is, but you're right there. You're super close. Yeah. Andy, I have Stone to think that maybe the, the stars are aligning. Maybe this is Baylor's year because maybe. of the fact that you and I are drinking Balcona's whiskey on the same day they play. I don't <laughs> yeah. know, but well, it's kind of ironic, kind of a coincidence. I, I knock on wood, knock for, on wood for, for Baylor. It almost makes me want to root for him. I don't know. Yeah. And then, of course, later on in the day, you've got Gonzaga and UCLA. This is the, I've never been more conflicted about a Final Four basketball game in my entire life because you have one of the most winningest college basketball programs in history. You have a team that's never won before, but the team that's never won before is also a, is a one seed, undefeated. They're the top dog. Really, who is the underdog here, Andy? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think as a UC graduate, you have to sit here and cheer against Houston. 
since they play in the same conference. Well, so we have UC, to cheer for Baylor. But see, as a UC graduate, I also want to cheer for Mick Cronin because they should have never let him go. And that I too. know UC fans will be pissed knowing that Mick Cronin, their former coach, just won a championship. Yeah. At least made it my final four in what is like second or third season with the new program. Right. Yeah. He's only been there for a few years. So, Andy, who do you want to win? Who do you think's going to win? Well, I'll start with who I think is going to win. I think Gonzaga's going to win. I, I think they're just, from what I've seen, just too strong this year. And the fact, like, they're just, I don't see any way short of. They are a great team. Yeah, they short look professional, of we, almost. Like, it would almost have to be where it was the Butler versus Duke game in the finals. If Gordon Hayward made that shot, I almost think that would have, like, that's what would have to happen. Like, that type of something would have to happen I'm to with defeat you them in the finals. But who do want to win? Just to piss Baylor. Off, <laughs> just to piss off UC fans, either Baylor or UCLA. Yeah, I feel like UCLA. UCLA <laughs> win I'm would an probably piss them off And I want to piss off UC every chance I can get. <laughs> right. I feel like a UCLA win would probably piss off UC more over over a Baylor win. I would think. But let's just go UCLA Baylor and the championship, and then yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's get to that first. All right, folks, speaking of Baylor, speaking of Texas, speaking of whiskey, Andy, why don't we jump right on in and tell the folks everything they need to know about Buc- oh, Balcones. Yeah. This, is, this is an episode I've been pitching you for, I want to say, probably five months now. That yeah, I do. about. Ever since, ever since I bought my first bottle of Balcones. Um, so this is a brand, originally, they were founded in 08. So this might actually be one of the newest, if not the newest brand we're going to cover that doesn't have like prior history in some sense um you know decades or centuries ago uh they were founded in 08 in waco texas didn't really get distilling though until like a year later just six minutes from baylor university (laughs) just six minutes from there um they actually started out in in an abandoned welding shop like right underneath a highway really so kind of in backwoods like like a a space that is like Per, if you see it in video or pictures, perfect for a distillery, but kind of in an area that you would think like, there's a distillery there. Right. It's like, is this not a warehouse? <laughs> yeah. It look, yeah. It's just kind of something that seems perfect in size, but not necessarily location or logic until you see it. But it was, right. you know, is being a welding shop. Of course, they had to retrofit it to become a distillery do everything you you know you have to do legally and i think well warranted legally um, (laughs) considering what you're making retrofit it to become a distillery for safety purposes and distilling purposes um you know retrofitted it to now become a distillery and began distilling in 09 like i said you know a year after they were founded um and it was something that they actually have two handcrafted port Portuguese copper pot stills. Wow. Um, which is a, you know, is um, something semi uncommon for most American brands because a wow. lot of American brands come f- use their stills from Vendome. Okay. Which is right in Louisville, like very, very close to um, Angel's Envy. Okay. As far as I know, at least a lot of American brands use Vendome. But so, in- so, so that's a type of pot still? Um, that you're saying, what is it? Ven, Vendome, V E N D O M E. That's okay, the Vendome. manufacturer of, 
most of the pot stills. Well, just stills in general, okay. pot or a uh, pot or uh, column stills. And what are they mainly? So, what is the what type of material is that made out of? Copper. Copper. Okay. Yeah. And as far as I know, a lot of theirs are copper, which is very very good for distilling. Gotcha. Um, and Balcones, you said uses. I don't know which brand they use, but they have two. But it's a Portuguese. Cra- it's a Portuguese yeah, type it's copper. Some it's some Portuguese brand. That's interesting. Handcrafted. Do you know how they picked that? I, oh, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I don't know. You know, it's the still discussions, Andy. I'm going to come at you with all these yeah. random questions that no one knows um, the answers to. <laughs> yeah. it, it's something. If we ever get to interview them, that's something that maybe we can ask them. Maybe they'll share their secrets. Definitely. Um, but it's something. You know, again, it's a lot of stuff that they've kind of taken a little bit different path, and is than most distilleries in America. Um, with a lot of stuff and it's something that you know texas has kind of taken its own path with distilling whiskey and just just distilling in general in america yeah um you know for most american brands um as we've talked especially with kentucky a lot of those brands are based on a name of course jim bean jack daniels you know they're named after some historical figure in the past, George Remus, as we talked about last week, is a perfect example. Right. Um, you know, it's some historic figure in their past. However, with Balconis, they kind of took the, as fan, as all their, um, you know, key people being fans of Scotch, um, they kind of took the naming path of what a lot of Scotland does, which is naming something, naming their distillery, obviously, after geographic landmarks. And so they decided to name the uh, distillery, obviously Balcones, after the Balcones fault line that runs basically right through Texas, almost directly under the portion of I-35 that runs through Texas. Wow. Um, you know, so yeah, it, it's something very, very interesting. So they wanted to kind of choose that naming process. Like they wanted to keep it more after geography than... Being a new brand with no history behind it, trying to name after some historic figure in America or bourbon whiskey history. Okay. Um, and it was something, as I mentioned, uh, it's something that they kind of chose that process because they all, before starting the distillery, all, and still, I guess, all share a love for single malt scotches, um, which is those distilleries are all named for um, or all have a penchant for naming their distilleries after geographic places and locations, right. everything. Um, <clears throat> and the, you know, this kind of part of this penchant for loving scotch and wanting to follow a lot of different scotch methodologies to an extent with some of their products, at least uh, started with their head distiller, uh, Jared, who, uh, actually started out as a home brewer of beer initially, and then I think started or like tried to start and failed at starting a few different breweries down in Texas uh, in the process. Just kind of started and failed them or could never get off the ground. Um, you know, just at one point like realized like, holy shit, like I'm just in a bar, like kind of can't figure stuff out. Um, and him and a friend, I think one of their other key people, like the COO or somebody, 
um, trying single malt scotches together and being like, holy shit, we really, really like these. We like the flavor. Fell in love with the flavor and everything about them. Um, So it was something that that's kind of where they started out their journey in the whiskey industry. They're more scotch people almost. Yeah, almost. Getting started. Yeah, almost. Or single malt at least. Yeah. And it's something that they, they've kind of taken an untraditional path in American uh, American whiskeys as a whole. Um, just beyond trying to kind of take some scotch influences into their um, brand, into the Balcones whiskeys. But, right. y- you know, they've also done a lot of different stuff that most other American whiskeys and bourbon brands, more specifically, um, don't do. You know... They didn't start out with a bourbon. They didn't start out with a bourbon or rye, which is something that in America are like the two biggest things you start out with. Of course, um, they actually started out with other like corn-based alcohols and whiskeys. Um, started out with those, and then after a while, we're like, you know, we're in America. We'll introduce these into our lineup, <laughs> right? Um, because they wanted to differentiate themselves, which isn't bad. I don't mind it. Not at all. Um, you know, the, another huge differentiator they use is they use a uh, roasted New Mexico blue corn, which is something, you know, blue corn is not a traditional bourbon ingredient. I mean, obviously corn is because right. by law it has to, to be 51%. 51% corn. Yeah. But in most brands use traditionally a yellow or white corn. Okay. Um, you know, but they started out we're like, you know what? We kind of want to differentiate a bit. So let's yeah. use this New Mexico blue corn. And Texas loves to do things their own way, Andy. So yeah. of course oh, they're yeah. going to go that route. And it's all right, all right, all right. It's all Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yep. days. Um, yeah, of course. And again, kind of following that untraditional path, they didn't bring in any in anybody at, at least at the start from a larger distilleries where they could kind of tap those minds of people to figure out, Hey, what worked in this large distillery? You know, like what worked at wild Turkey? What worked at Jim Beam? What worked at all these other commercially huge distilleries in America that, you know, have found success in the market. They wanted to kind of pave their own way there and figure, here's what we like. We want to put this forward. Like, how we like it. If you like it, you like it. And it'll sell. Right. Um, and they also use now four different size pot stills. Um, instead of just the original two that they had, now they've expanded to four different size pot stills to get um, slightly different flavors, everything out of them. And, of course, pot stills are something that is not common in American whiskeys as a whole. Most brands in America will use a column still, but pot stills will provide a little bit more flavor while sacrificing some cleaning up on the back end. Okay. For it after every run. And of course, being Texas, they're also trying to use as much local Texas ingredients as they can in their, um, distillation process you know as much texas water as much texas corn everything along the process they try to use as local of ingredients as they can yeah outside of that new mexico blue corn of course (laughs) in new mexico right there with texas i do see a lot of that um i do see a lot of that 
localized, uh, you know, outsourcing when it comes to just like pr- different products in the area. When it comes to Texas bourbons or whiskeys, especially it comes to New York, they use a lot of the products, other different, you know, uh, limestone water. They were in New York and things like yeah. that. I see that a lot in Kentucky. They like to use those Kentucky different, you know, water yeah. and different things. And you see it in Ohio a lot. There's some of the really big regions and states that really get into whiskey making and, and distillation they do like to use a lot of those local products and you got to respect that and i think it yeah it harkens back to and really solidifies their quality of a whiskey because you know exactly they know exactly where all of those ingredients are coming from and it's very well measured out and they know they these people know what they're doing oh yeah no for sure they know what they're doing right and it's something of course the last thing one of the biggest things in the whole whiskey process, making process, um, by far, because anybody who knows whiskey knows you have to age it, uh, usually for several years to make it a really great product. Climate, Texas climate, has literally a huge, huge effect on their product, on the end result and how it tastes, because you know it'll get a lot hotter in the summer. Than somewhere like Kentucky, even though Kentucky gets humid, but it gets a lot hotter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes can get very, very cold, as we saw. What was that early February where literally their whole energy systems shut down? Yeah, with because uh, <laughs> of all frozen, the snow and ice, frozen everything. Yeah, um, so they have even more of a drastic effect in their temperatures that can affect how far the whiskey goes into the barrel, extracts some of those flavors into everything right. in it. Um, and if you have a chance to pick up a bottle of Balcones, you'll very much taste that in the end result. Yep. Um, I couldn't, I don't know what their exact mash bill is. I, I couldn't see, maybe it's proprietary, um, which, you know, nothing wrong with that. I know some brands like to keep that type of information very proprietary to them, but they have a huge lineup of products that they offer. Oh yeah. They've got a lot of different products. Oh Yeah. It's um, um, they started out, I think, with their baby blue corn whiskey. That was, I think, the first whiskey that they ever produced. And then they uh, also have a Texas single malt whiskey, which would be 100% bar- bar- malted barley coming from them. Then a pot still whiskey, 100 proof whiskey, a whole bunch of different releases, mm-hmm. annual releases, um, as well as a whole bunch of different special releases. That they do. Um, and they're not just known for their whiskeys. They also produce some produce some rums. At least in their annual and special releases. Produce some rums right. in there. Um, and then they have a 100 proof rye. One, and that's one of the ones we'll be trying. Alongside their single malt whiskey and their bourbon. Their Prostel bourbon. Um, and then they have their lineage Texas single malt whiskey. Which is basically their... Texas single malt that they combine with basically they take the process of their Texas single malt and then combine the Texas barley that they have alongside some Scottish barley that they'll source. And then they'll kind of combine through their um, processes that they do and their love for both Scottish and Texas tradition or American tradition, marry those in the, and refill casks and new oak casks. So it kind of marries old world tradition of Scotland 
there with some of the with some of the newer traditions that you might find in America or Texas more specifically. Definitely. So they, I feel like the big ones that they that the people really talk about. They of course talk about baby the baby blue. That's yeah. the that's the one that everyone's really focused on. That's the really out of all their their whole lineup. That's the one that we're not going to be able to sample today. That I'm just like I'm actually really, really wishing we were able to and wish we could and wish we were and that we will one day lock, get our hands on that. Uh, the other ones I, I think really the Texas single malt we have the Texas bourbon we have the rye we have. Those are all what I'm really excited about. Oh yeah. Other than that, you're really looking at the Rumble. You're looking at the the True Blue and, and the Brimstone. I think are really the ones that everyone yeah. focuses on. But out of all those that line up, the only ones that we really don't have yet are is the the Baby Blue that I really wanted yeah. to get. And we'll probably do a special release if we can uh, find it. We'll once get we it, get yeah. it, we'll we'll get it, Andy. I'll yeah. drive. I'll go to Texas if I have we'll, to. We'll find a way. I'll fly to Texas and ship it back if I have to, Andy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, with that being said, I think it's that time in the episode, John. I don't know about you. I think it's that time. This is a big one because we are tasting three different whiskeys here. Of course, we are going to start with the Balcones Texas Pot Stilled Bourbon, the straight bourbon whiskey. We're going to start off with that one. Maybe graduate. What do you want to do? The rye next and then the single malt? I'd say we go that way. Let's, that route. That's yeah. what we're going to do, everyone. So pour yourself, if you had got it, a glass of the Balcones Texas Pot Stilled Bourbon, and uh, we'll give it a taste. All right, folks, we're going to start off with the Texas Pot Steel Bourbon. Uh, we're going to give it a sniff, give it a taste, and uh, see what everyone thinks. All right, Andy, are you ready to kick this off? Yep. Let's do it. Hmm. Smells very, very good to me. I like the smell. It's inviting. It's light, but you know it's not messing around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very much. It. 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 The bourbon clocks in at 46% yeah. alcohol. Uh, I was told there would not be math, but I believe That's that is 80, 92. 92. <laughs> <laughs> um, Proof. What do you think about the nose? What's what? What hints oh, are you getting? Very, very good nose. I mean, a little bit of like a brown sugar. Brown sugar. Very, very like much, a... very much reminds me of like a strong red wine. Like it, it smells like it was aged in a red wine barrel. Because it gives Almost me like a, an angel envy hint to it in a yeah, way sense. Yeah, because it like a stronger angel's envy. Yeah, yeah, like because, a harsher. A little yeah, because it gives a little bit stronger that little bit stronger wine finish or like a fortified wine, like a port or a sherry. Right. Smell to the nose. Definitely to me. It's like a thicker red, like a, you can get a, some hints of red wine. I'm getting little floral notes, like like minor floral yeah. notes to it. Yeah, it, it, I, I, it's a very inviting smell. Oh yeah, very much. I mean, it gives. Exactly as you kind of said, it gives very much a, it's like, it gives very much a red wine smell that has some of those very traditional bourbon notes to it. Right. It's like, it could have been, it might, it could have been, you could believe that it was aged in those like port wine barrels. Yeah, exactly. Let's give it a taste, everyone. It's not Ooh, as it's, it's not as light on the palate as it is on no. the nose. It lets you know it's there on the palate, very much so. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's not you know you, they say don't mess mess with Texas. You maybe don't mess with Texas whiskey because it'll because no. this no. one is um to the non to the non whiskey drinkers they might say it tastes like jet fuel. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is no. It's I, not. I, I would definitely the, say it's not one to probably start out with. No, it's it's not as a first time drinker of whiskey. 
Right, um, yeah, I 100% agree. It, but oh, it's, it's, it's still not, very it's not, good. Yeah, it's not bad or by any stretch. But it's it's got it, a – it almost – it's not like a stag junior type strength to it. It's going to grab you by the ha- collar flavor-wise. Exactly. And, like, and I feel like it definitely tastes stronger and thicker and heavier than it is in the actual proof and percentage. Oh, yeah. It tastes like a stronger alcohol. Not in a bad way, but it just – like I said, it, it's, it's so Texas. It's so yeah. – you know, you look at where Balkan is, is it, that's in the middle of the desert, man. And it this that, is a whiskey that's made in the desert. It, you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell. It has that flair. I mean, like you said, exactly. It's, it doesn't have that high proofage sting, like punch in the face, like something like Stag Jr. Or a Stag hat, George T. Stag has. Right. But it's something that on the flavor it still yeah. lets you know it's, it's the there. flavor that's stronger as because it's not like sharp or, or anything like that. It's just the flavor is powerful. Yeah, it's it's very like just go exactly go in knowing that it's going to be a powerful flavor. Um, and I think the finish is pre- relatively smooth, honestly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for as strong as the flavor is, it's a smooth finish. It, right. It lingers around a bit, but it finishes off well. It lingers on the tongue, though, for me. Yeah, it lingers on the tongue very much. It does not linger in the back of your mouth or throat. Right, I agree. Um, 100%. All right, folks, that's the Texas bourbon there from Balcones. We're going to go ahead and finish our glasses, and then we're going to try the 100-proof rye. All right, folks, now we're going to go ahead and sample, taste the Balcones Texas rye 100-proof uh, the, Andy's a big fan of this one, I believe. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure he's excited about this tasting. It's it's tough competition um, between all three of these. I think for me, because I I, we, I think we've each tried all three of them. We have that we're that we're able to get so um, far. <laughs> yeah, so far we're coming for you, baby blue. Um, but I love you, my boy blue. <laughs> I I love it outside of what happened to the cork on it, and I know you got oh, the text yeah. on it. <laughs> So, yeah, so, he texted me. <laughs> so, I unfortunately, like, while I'm drinking it, I'd say about a third of the weight into the bottle, the cork literally fucking snaps on me. <laughs> like, it breaks into the bottle. So, I'm freaking out how to do it. So, I have to get a wine opener um, to get the rest of the cork out. And I have to ditch that for a spare cork from, like, a bottle that I was going to get rid of anyways that was empty so what what is this the what is this the cork to the cork the cork is from a uh blade and bow bottle yeah Actually, the one that we used for our for our, for episode our blade and bow and bow. episode yeah that i uh ended up like killing one day and i was just like okay fuck it whatever i'll just use that cork right it's still serviceable definitely but uh well i know this is your i know you're a big fan of this one yeah, uh, I know. Also, this is out of all the labels. This is their green label, yeah. color of Baylor. So maybe this is the lucky drink. Maybe this is the lucky whiskey. So let, let's go ahead and give it. Let's do go through the tasting process here. Well, of course, as always, we're going to start with the nose. Oh wow, a little bit more of a smoky note to me. Very on the smoky. Nose. I'm getting a little bit of chocolatey, like the the smokiness yeah. is. It's like almost like a not not quite a s'more, but it's like campfire, like eating chocolate yeah. by the campfire, but without the marshmallow. Lot like very much on this one compared to the bourbon that we had so far. You can get a lot more of 
what you consider traditional scotch notes yeah on it. and the nose i feel like is a lot more aggressive and noticeable in oh, yeah. the rye than it is in the bourbon oh yeah especially considering so. you're looking at 100 proof versus a 92 proof it's not a huge difference in yeah. proofage but it's you can really taste you can smell the difference though. oh yeah yeah no i agree with you there i and, am getting some rye hints to it as well yeah some rye hints in there um but it's like a Texas rye, like an FU rye. Like yeah. it's don't again, don't mess with Texas rye. Yeah, and it's still a lot of like a lot of in those Scotch notes, like a lot of wine barrel finishes that you would even get from the bourbon mm-hmm. that we were I'm just not, trying. See, I'm not quite picking that up, but because uh, I'm getting more of like a spicy, almost like maybe this is like a rum barrel or something, like a yeah. spicy rum or something. Well, like dark fruit notes that I yeah, traditionally yeah, yeah. get from like a Highlands malt, like a. Um, Glenfiddich or a, yeah, some of like some of those. This harkens back more to their love of Scott Scotch exactly. and, and, and Irish whiskeys and stuff like that. Exactly. But, all right, everyone, let's give it a taste. Mm. So good, so good, so good. It is very unique. You, this is not like what most ryes made by oh, bourbon yeah. distilleries taste like. Oh yeah, this is. You're exactly right on that. It's this almost is, like a scot. It's almost like, it's almost like Lagavulin or Oban or like a Scotch distillery made a rye, and this is what it's. This is what I'm thinking of when it comes yeah, to like, the rye. Exactly. Like this is, this is a Scotch interpretation of what a rye should be. You're exactly right. Yeah, on that's that. what I get from it. Very it's, spicy, like a, a spicy rye. Yeah, like a spice, like a spicy rye. A little bit of a very very heavy, fr- like dark fruit note. Or like aged dark fruit note, maybe some rome notes in there for me. Yeah, some oaky notes. I'm getting, Even I'm like still a tom- getting a little bit of that spicy chocolateness from yeah, that like I got a, in like the nose. But like a dark chocolate, oh, like yes. a milk chocolate. Absolutely, a dark chocolate. Great I'm, call. I'm even getting some like tobaccoy notes in there. Like if you've ever had a really really good cigar, mm-hmm. like some of those tobaccoy notes yeah. that you get off of a good cigar. I don't love. I don't love the palate. I don't love it. I don't hate it. But I really love the finish. Like the yeah. after. It has a really good, a really good, it, really rich aftertaste. Yeah. Like I almost like it's almost like this rye whiskey grows on me the longer it, it sits in my mouth, the longer I have yeah. the flavors mixing around. Yeah. I love the aftertaste, which yeah. sometimes you don't get in a, in a rye. You get a, you, it fades oh, yeah. away real quick, and you don't have much of an after, aftertaste at all. Oh yeah, it, it's one that exactly you're exactly right. Like. When you say that, I mean, it's something that it's, it kind of, it doesn't seem like it's going to last long, but it lasts. I mean, I finished my sip of it, you know, two, three minutes ago and yeah, can still just taste those notes on it. Right. Even though I haven't You're had still it. picking it up and you can still like note the taste, like that you can taste, you can like identify the different notes in your mouth, even though it's been one, two, three minutes since we last yeah. had a sip. It, it really is um, deep in that sense. Yeah, very deep on the palate. Uh, spiced chocolate in the finish as well. And, uh, but you like know, baking spice. I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I'm, and I'm, but I'm feeling it a little more in the, in the back of my, of my, my tongue, back of my, in my throat, more so than the bourbon where I feel like it really hung out on the tongue. Um, I'm getting this a little more in, in the back of the throat, but not in, not in a, like a aggressive or rough way. Just, I am noticing it slightly, 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 a little bit more in, in towards the end of my palate yeah. than kind of the front of there. Oh yeah, no, I'd agree. 
All right, folks, next is the Texas Single Malt Whiskey. So pour yourself a glass and we'll be right back. All right, everybody. Now we're going to do the last tasting of the podcast with Balcones Texas Single Malt Whiskey Pot Distilled. This one's clocking in at 53% alcohol or 106 proof. The strongest of the three we've tasted. It went bourbon, rye, and now the single malt. We know the guys at Balcones love single malts, especially the Scottish descent. So we'll see how this one holds up. Yeah. All right, folks. And Andy, let's go ahead and give it a sniff. Oh, wow. I get some very, very... It reminds very... me a lot of scotch off the nose. Oh, a little bit, but more of like a bourbon note to scotch. Like, it get very, very much like a balsamic... It's like some of those balsamic notes and brown sugar notes that I get off of bourbon, but a little bit more scotch note to them. Yeah, I'm getting that malty aroma, but I'm getting some really interesting spices... Like bacon yeah. spices yeah. and the, I have to say, I'm still getting some dark, some dark cherries, some, some dark fruits to it. Yeah. Yeah. Still those very, very dark, dark fruit notes to it. It's a um, darker smelling. Like a plum I, I, note I, to me. So I feel like the bourbon was really light on the nose. The rye was really kind of strong on the nose, but not in an aggressive way. And this one this is This balances kind of, the nose. Yeah. It really does balance it. It, it, it you're exactly right on it. I mean, I think. This this kind of balances, to me, it turns more towards the rye nose than the bourbon nose. I agree. That we've tried. I agree. But in just in terms of how heavy of a nose it is. But it's it still kind of balances that nose. I mean... Heavy some, and sweet at the same time. Exactly. Dark and light. It, it is a good... It's a great balance. Yeah. It, it still gives off a lot of those which scotch it, nose. Which it should be because this is a $70 bottle of whiskey, oh, yeah. Andy. <laughs> yeah. No, all all of these are not cheap bottles of whiskey to buy. I, mean, I would imagine even the, the bourbon rot, clocks in at the lowest or do you think that's the rye? Bourbon might clock in the, at the lowest. I mean, the rye was like 50, 55 bucks. I want to say the bourbon was, I want to say the bourbon was 50. Okay. So, fairly standard. The single malt is definitely the most expensive out of the three we've tasted. Yeah, today. so far. That we've tasted, yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's go ahead and give it a taste. Oh, I think wow. it's definitely. I think it's definitely harsher on the on the palate than either of the previous two. A bit harsher, yeah. Definitely harsher than the bourbon, slightly harsher than the rye. Not, in a, not some, necessarily in a bad way, but you taste this and it's like it if has you're some not more a bourbon, ups and downs in the flavor than the it, rye. But this is a whiskey where if you're not like a, if you're not a whiskey drinker, do you should not. This is do not, not one to start with. This. Do not start this. This is not to be yeah. trifled with. It is a a Texas. This I feel like this is the epitome of Texas whiskey right here. Is there a single malt? I'd agree with that. Like that takes the. Mixture of bourbon, the mixture of scotch, and puts its Texas brand on it, and whoo, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I I mean, I agree with you. It's something that, as I was kind of saying, uh, interjecting there, it's, it's one that it's – the bourbon is smooth. For Balcones, it's smooth. The rye is very, very good. This has a lot of, like, some of those ups and downs – 
in terms of flavor profiles that you see with some scotches. Scotch drinkers are really going to like this one. Yeah. I think of the three we've tried today, I'd agree with you. Yeah. I think this is definitely the one that scotch drinkers are going to like the most. I'm still getting a lot of oak, a lot of leathery tobacco, some dark fruits in the, in the yeah. palate. And also some level of it that's like a little bit of like the brown sugar notes, but like a brown sugar and dark chocolate note to it. Right. Not quite as dark chocolate chocolate as we saw with the rye right but like if the rye was say like a 70 percent dark chocolate this is like a 60 or 65 percent dark chocolate definitely and i think the the single malt lingers the, the, like we talked a lot about how the rye really lingers with you the single yeah. malt lingers but I, not it, quite as long as the rye yeah for me. it's not quite as yeah it doesn't quite linger as long or at least as aggressively as that rye does or like with the rye, you just like felt like all these flavors were still swirling around in your mouth even minutes after you had tasted it. The single malt, you get a little bit of that, but it's more of like the malt flavor is lingering yeah. and the rest is kind of moving on. Yeah, no, no. That's, that's very true. I'd agree with that. Finish, pretty pretty smooth. I think this finish is really smooth actually for, for how it lingers on the tongue and is really yeah. sharp and and uh, powerful and, and scotchy, if you will, single yeah. malty off off the beginning of it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. For an American whiskey, for an American whiskey as a brand as a whole, I'd say probably of the three that we've tried today, the bourbon, I'd probably say a six or seven out of ten. The rye, probably an eight, maybe a nine out of ten. This nine, arguably a ten, for me of all American whiskeys that I've tried. So you're a big fan of the single malt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I, I have trouble disagreeing with any of what you're saying. I would say, uh, if you're going to look at the bourbon as a, like an everyday drinker, I would maybe bump up the ratings slightly just because okay. it's, um, yeah. as an everyday drinker. It's, yeah. It's similar to the Remus where it's like, wow, this is a really good whiskey, but it's pricey. So like yeah. if you could afford a fifty dollar bourbon to be a regular everyday drinker. This is one of the ones to go for. It's worth but the price. It's still it is worth the price, but you have to come into it knowing there's a fifty dollar price tag on this bourbon. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. All right, Andy, any final thoughts on Balconas? Uh other than that, other than drink the <laughs> hell out of it. Exactly. Well, other than literally what you just said, I I can't put any notes to it i mean it's this is one of the brands at least in america that i've tried to date that i can't say anything negative about i can't gotcha. like so far i can't find anything negative about you know most yeah. bourbon brands or other brands that we've tried i can find like one or two notes negative about it mm -hmm. this is a brand I can't find anything negative to say about it. So, like, right. I would say, like you said, if you can find it and you can justify spending, you know, the 50 plus bucks on a bottle of it, buy it. Right. It's Andy, worth it. Andy's at least a, Andy's for a special a fan, occasion. Folks. Andy's a fan. Yeah. At I, least for a special occasion. Special occasion. I'm very excited for the rest of the Texas whiskeys because I want to compare them, oh, of yeah. course. Um, so, we'll eventually mm -hmm. be coming up on that. I think we're going to hit a lot of New York and Colorado whiskeys first. Just again, we're trying to break it down by region and by state, and of course, by what we have available. Um, so we're really excited for those, but we're going to do a lot of Texas ones, and I'm really excited to compare them. All right, yeah. folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, 
SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. So make sure you go check us out, share us with your friends, post us on social media, smash that like button. I don't care. Just get the word out so we can continue to do this. We want you to visit all the distilleries we're talking about. We want to really add some video content. We really want to up our game here, but we can't do it without your guys' support. So please go support us in any shape, way, or form that you can. Make sure you pour yourself another glass of whiskey, and don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.